Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our Consumed Sermon Series, which talks about loving God and loving others with everything that we have. We hope that this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. All thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment, and the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And so we've been trying this year uh, just through various ways, whether it's through the, the uh, uh, song or maybe through uh, some of the preaching, and we're getting ready to do the uh, Consume series in our Life Stage Adult Fellowships towards the end of the year. But the whole thing has just been t- pointing us towards this idea of having a consuming love, first of all, for God, and then for other people. And of course, it's derived out of this verse. And I love how we've been kind of wording it as understanding like what Colossians, what Paul said in the book of Colossians is that knowing, or when, when we have a consuming love for God, it means that he has that place of preeminence, that he's not just a priority and he's not even just prominent, but he is preeminent. And that should be our goal in life is that in every area, I am serving God because of the motive of love. And I am uh, going about my Christian life because of the motivation that I love God. And then the reason I'm kind to people and the reason I uh, reach out and show kindness to others and uh, what we looked at last week on our in-home fellowships on John 13, the reason that I show out the the love of Christ is because his love is shown in me and I want to use that to reach out to others. So we want to be consumed with loving God and loving people. I like how one man wrote it and we used it at the beginning of the year. It was this, if he be one, our hearts must be one with him. That's that phrase. He is one Lord, one God. Our hearts must be one with him. And since there is no God besides, no rival must be admitted with him upon the throne of our heart or upon the throne in our life. You know what? When you think about giving God preeminence or giving God first place, it's a lot easier said than done, isn't it? And I'm not talking tonight about the fact that we, uh, maybe some sin has, has priority in life or preeminence in life, but you know what? Often we can let good things push out the best things, can't we? We can maybe let the priority or the preeminence in our life be given to our marriage or be given to children or to a job or even to a hobby, though a hobby or a sport is not a sin, we become more consumed, more in love with that thing or that person than we are with God. And so what we're going to do over the course of the next 10 weeks is we're going to just study out what a consuming love looks like. And tonight we're going to go to 1 John chapter 4, and really the whole series could be out of 1 John 4. It's a phenomenal chapter in the Word of God. But we're going to look tonight at developing a consuming love. How can I, as as a Christian, I ask myself this because I look, (coughs) excuse me, I look at at the life of a believer and maybe my life when uh, right now, just day in and day out, and I think, okay, I know I'm supposed to love God and I know I'm supposed to let God be on the throne in my life and I know he's supposed to have first place and be preeminent and I'm supposed to uh, be motivated by love for God. But what does that look like? I mean, really, how do I do that? I mean, it's, it may be something that we have, um, we have down in theory, 
but we don't really know how to practice it. We don't know how to put it into play. And so tonight we're going to look at this about how we can develop a consuming love for God. And so I want you to stand with me if you would, and let's go to 1 John and chapter number four. And as we look at the idea of developing a consuming love, uh, as I got more and more into studying this out, I really think there's no greater teacher that we could learn from outside of Jesus. I really think there's no greater teacher that we could learn this idea of consuming love from other than John. What, a, what an amazing apostle. What an amazing disciple. And we're gonna, I'll, I'll kind of retouch on it a little bit later, but John is the one, if you go and you read the book of John, um, I mean, that's where we read verses like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, that's where you read uh, different um, um, wording and, and stories like uh, John chapter four and the woman at the well and God, Jesus must needs go through Samaria. And, and of course, the central theme is God's love for even those who uh, the world would despise. And I mean, there's so much. If you look at John, he was the one, remember, remember his nickname for himself in the book of John? His nickname for himself was the one whom Jesus loved. So there's a man that he just focuses in on the love of God. And if you go and you read the books of 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, you'll again see the theme of the love of God. And so, man, what a, what a person to learn this idea. How do I develop a consuming love? John, you seem to have it. How can I develop it in my life? And so we're gonna see some of this tonight. First John chapter four, let's begin reading in verse number 21, or excuse me, verse number seven, down through verse 21, and here's what we read. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected or made complete in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess uh, that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him, because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. 
Man, what a great passage. What an awesome portion of, of writing that we read from John. And while we look at it, I believe the main thrust of everything he's talking about here, you would probably agree with me, is the love of God. It's not only the love of God that was shown to us, but it's the love of God that's shown from us to other people. And so tonight we're going to learn from these verses how someone, how a believer like you and like me, how we could develop a consuming love for God. Let's go ahead and let's pray and then we'll get into our message tonight. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, let's just take a moment and commit to him the time. And you can pray something simple of, God, I'm asking you to speak to my heart tonight. God, teach me how to develop a consuming love for you. Dear Lord, we again come before you and thank you for the word of God. And Father, I want to pray tonight that you would help us to hear from you. I pray that your spirit would speak to each of us in an individual level. And Lord, that we would leave knowing that we've heard from you. And Father, that through the message tonight, that we would be challenged and that we would grow in developing this consuming love. Father, thank you so much for all that you have done for us. And I pray that you'd bless our time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You go ahead and be seated. <clears throat> As I stated a moment ago, if I'm going to <clears throat> think of one character in Scripture that we want to learn from about the subject of love, it's going to be John. Uh, I don't know, but when you, uh, <clears throat> when you see somebody who's especially talented in one area, they're probably going to be the person that you want to learn that area from. I've talked before about uh, Hannah and her painting, and I love watching my wife paint. Someone asked me the other day, do you ever, do you ever watch her paint? And I said, yeah, I do, and it drives me nuts. And they, they said, well, why? I said, because she's so good at it. And I watch and I think, how can you be so good at that? Listen, if I wanted to learn painting, I would, I would talk to my wife. If I wanted to go and I wanted to learn um, maybe how to play the piano, if I wanted to pick up piano lessons again, um, I would probably not go to Micah. I'd probably go to Rebecca. Why? Because she, she's an amazing pianist. Um, if I wanted to learn maybe some uh, tools of the trade and in, in working on a vehicle, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to do that. But if I was going to, I wouldn't go to my dad. Not, I'm just not doing that, not going to my dad because my dad has my technique and our technique is hit it. If that doesn't work, call a mechanic. If I'm gonna learn that, you know who I'm going to? I'm going to, I'm gonna go to Glenn Kerrigan. I'm gonna to go to Brother Glenn and talk to Brother Glenn because Brother Glenn builds tractors. If I need to know engineering, I'm going to Craig Shear. If I need to know flooring, I'm going to Quinn. If I need to know uh, music theory, I'm going to Micah. If I need to know computers, I'm going to Robert. You see what I'm saying is if you're, if you're going to find and be developed in a certain area, you wanna find the person that is developed in that area. When I think about this subject matter of love, I'm reminded so much about John's love for God and how much John was used to write about or portray God's love to us. Even in that passage, do you realize that we read about four times something along the lines of because God is love? We read that at least twice, but I believe four times you can see it uh, mentioned. And so I want you to take your Bible with me and let's learn from John <clears throat> excuse me, how we can develop 
a consuming love for God. I want you to notice, first of all, that a consuming love for God, it develops as we focus on the character of God. You will become more consumed in love with God and you will be, grow in a deeper loving relationship of God when you begin to focus upon the character of God. I want you to notice what John says a few times. Go to verse number seven and notice a few verses. Here's what John says, and we'll just kind of go through some of these. John, uh, 1 John 3 or 4, 7 through 10. He says, beloved, let us love one another. Why? Because, God, because love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. Hey, the very nature, the very character is, God, is the love of God. He that loveth not uh, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested or made known the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love. That, that's, that's what love is, that God would send his son. Not that we loved God, no, but that he loved us and sent his son to the propitiation for our sins. Go to verse 19. He says, oh, let, me, let me help you understand the character even more. We love him, why? Because he first loved us. You go back a chapter to 1 John chapter three and verse number 16, uh, John wrote this, hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Go back to 1 John 3, 1, the famous verse that John wrote. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Uh, in that verse, that word behold, it, it's like, stop. That, that's that's the, the idea. Hey, stop. Pay attention. Get a hold of this. Behold, stop and look at what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. That word manner, uh, if you dissect it all the way down, it means this. It means otherworldly. So he says, hey, stop and pay attention to what otherworldly type of love that God has for us. In all of these verses, do you know what John is doing? He is fixated on the character of God. He is looking and, and almost taking the, the uh, microscope to God and to who God is, and he's coming back to this conclusion time and time and time again. God is love. Well, how do you know God's love, John? Because he loves you and he gave his son for you. He gave his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And then he goes through and, and John begins to uh, dissect God, kind of break God down to say, hey, everything in God's character is love. We don't have time to do it, but if you were to go, and I would encourage you to do it on your own time, 1 John 2, 3, 4, and 5, you will find that John continually says something along the lines, or he, he dives into the fact that not only is God love because he gave his son, not only is he love because Jesus was the sacrifice, but God is love because he wants to dwell within us. God is love because he forgives us completely. God is love because he gives us the, uh, the knowledge, the, so the, the, the assurance that we could know that we're saved. And so time and time and time again, John is just taking time to remind us about the fact that God is love. And he does this reminding us of the fact that God, uh, his very character is love. You know what, the focus, uh, when, we, when we begin to focus on the love that God has for us, it not only causes us to just 
really be thankful for and look at the love he has for us, but it, it in turn causes us to love him back. I'm gonna use this example. Today's Mother's Day. How many of you wrote, if your mom is, is still living, you wrote your mom a Mother's Day card? How many of you did that? All right. I did that this week and wrote my mom a Mother's Day. Uh, we did, Hannah was the brains behind it. She got the card and we all wrote in it. And then I went and uh, wrote my mom a little letter. And you know what? Every time I sit down and write my mom and this year and every year since we've had children, write my wife a Mother's Day card. You, you folks that do that, do you ever just sit back and think like, what do I thank them for? <laughs> like there's so much. There's so much to thank them for. And you begin to pin the words of mom, you know, hopefully it's not just mom, thanks for raising me, have a great day. But you begin, you begin to pin the words and mom, thank you for investing. Thank you for sacrificing. Thank you for giving me your time. Thanks for teaching. When you and I begin to think about the investment that a mother makes into a child, when as a, when as a child I begin to reflect upon that, do you know what it does? it causes me to love my mom even more. As a husband, to reflect upon the love that my wife has to our children, it causes me to love her more, to be more appreciative of her, to see more of the sacrifice. The same is true with, with God, that when I begin to reflect upon his character and upon who he is, that in turn is going to encourage me or draw me to having a more, uh, uh, excuse me, a deeper love for him. So we ask John, John, how can we have a greater love for God? How can I have a consuming love for God? I think John would help us look at this and say, focus on the character of God. If you want to love God more, you need to step back and begin to revel in all of the love that God has for you. Uh, what Carlos said in the testimony just a moment ago about reflecting upon uh, Jesus dying upon the cross for us. Man, we, we won't take time to go through it all. But you ever just, just go and read Matthew 23 to Matthew 28 and think about everything that Jesus Christ went through and know that everything he went through was for you and was for me. As we were in Israel this last year and walking uh, streets in Jerusalem and being reminded of what took place on different streets, man, the, uh, uh, the emotion was overwhelming for many of us. Just thinking of what Jesus went through, not only on his way to the cross, but what he went through in life, being ridiculed and being persecuted and being made fun of and not being believed. And, and then you look, and uh, I was talking with someone this week, you look at, um, at the, the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall, and you see them, the, you see the Jews just going through the, the bouncing and the worship and going through all of the motions of religion. And the very Jehovah God they're worshiping by doing their religion, they're rejecting. That's what they're doing. They're following God, but in their followship of God, they're actually rejecting. Why? Because they're rejecting the Messiah. And yet, Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Man, that's love. 
And that's the love that he has towards you. And when you and I, would, when we just stop and think about the character of God, that God is love, and that he has shown his love by becoming man and going to the cross, that will stir within us a heart that says, God, I want to love you more. God, I want to, I want to love you in a greater way. God, I want to have this consuming love. In order to have a consuming love, we develop it first as we focus upon the character of God. But secondly, I think we develop it as we engage or focus upon a closeness with God. If you will, look at verse number 16. Verse 16 of 1 John 4. John says this, We have known... And believe that the love, uh, believe the love that God hath to us. God is love. So there's the character of God again. But then notice what he says. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. John's saying this. Okay, so we know. We know about God, and we know about the fact that God is love, but let me tell you more. When you dwell in God, you are going to be dwelling in his love. You say, well, what, what does that mean? The word dwelleth, uh, dwell, it means to be comfortable and growing in. To be comfortable, sorry for the autocorrect on grown. To be comfortable and growing in. That's what, that's what the word dwelleth means. And so, it's almost the same wording uh, that you find when you go to um, uh, John 15. John 15, 5, a great verse when it says, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. And without me, for without me, ye can do nothing. Uh, you remember that Jesus on his way to the, on the way to the cross, he was teaching the disciples uh, on this last night and investing in them. We saw that last week. John 13 is the start of this. And in John 15, Jesus says to them, I want to teach you about abiding in me. The word abide, to be comfortable and dwelling in, to be growing in, to be continuing in. Jesus is saying this, hey, listen, if you will abide, dwell, be comfortable in me, I will make it that your life brings forth fruit. Later he says, and that your fruit should remain. Well, what's he talking about, the fruit? Well, we know he's talking about the characteristics of being a Christian, but then later he's talking about the idea of soul winning and telling people about the Lord. Hey, you'll not only bring forth a life that resembles me, but you will get to lead people to me and there will be fruit that abounds to your account and that remains in your life. But that only happens as you have a closeness with the vine. How many of you are here and remember Josh Ermler's message out of John 15? We were here on a Thursday night and went through that. What a helpful message about abiding in the vine. That's the concept of dwelling in or being comfortable in. And so here's what we, we look at in John, 1 John chapter number four, what John is saying. Hey, for he that dwelleth in love, it's almost like you could insert, we're not gonna add to the scripture, but it's like this. For he that dwelleth in love must first dwell in God. Because when you're dwelling in God, God's love is gonna be manifested in you. And you read that later, the thought. That if you, if you and I as a believer, if we are drawing closer to God, we will be more consumed by his love. That's what John gets at. And again, we, we can't just go through and, and expound on all of these thoughts, but he just keeps emphasizing this idea that without him, in John 15, without God, nothing is possible. And in, in uh, 1 John 4, 
without that relationship, without you and I abiding or dwelling in a closeness with God, we will not ever be consumed by a love for God. And when you, if you, th if you think about this, I must have, and it's going to look at, uh, if I'm going to become consumed with a love for God, I must dwell in God. What's that mean? I've got to have a daily relationship with him. I've got to be growing in closeness to God. This is me continually, to, continually getting to know him more and allowing him to work on me more. This is not just uh, reading the Bible and praying, but it is spending intentional fellowship time with God. It's done by investing into his word and taking his word and investing it into my life. It's, uh, I used the word a second ago, it's being intentional about it. When Hannah and I were first, um, we kind of skipped the whole dating thing. We just liked each other, told each other we loved each other and then got married, worked out really well. But when we were first in that phase, I remember I, I really, um, as a Bible college, and I, I was going through a phase where I couldn't wait to be around her. Like, as I was sitting in class, I was like, this is so boring. Oh, I'm not, I don't want to do this. I want to go be with Hannah. I can't wait. Is it almost lunchtime? Looking at the clock like every two minutes. When is lunch? When can I go? And then when I'd go and sit at lunch, it'd be like, oh, it's almost one. I got to go to work. I don't want to go to work. I want to sit here with you. I want to just be with you this entire, and you know what? When you're in that dating uh, time of your, of your relationship, um, I didn't just, you know, of course, I didn't have a cell phone that played games, but if I did, I, I wouldn't just sit and play on the phone. I didn't sit and read. I didn't uh, do crossword puzzles or anything. I, you know what I did is I looked her in the eye and said, tell me, how's your day? What's going on? And well, my day was fine. Tell me more. Well, I was in college. Well, what'd you do in class? And man, you couples that have been there, you're intentional about that time. You're investing. You're trying to seek. It's not just, yeah, you rattle off some things, I'll rattle off some things, and we'll deem it as we spent time together. You're intentional about it. But do you realize that a lot of Christians, we, we, we read the Bible and we pray, but we're not intentional in our relationship. It's almost like we open up the Bible in the morning, and I'm guilty of it as well, that we open up Scripture in the morning, and it's kind of just like, okay, let me, let me get my day going. I know I need to be in the Bible. I'm going to do that first. And you, you're, it's kind of like, all right, God, rattle off some words. Let's, let's get this done. And then I'll pray. Okay, I'll just rattle off, and, and we kind of pray the same thing. And I, I'm, we're guilty of that, that we just pray and we just kind of go through, we go through the motions and nothing, uh, nothing is, is really being intentionally done or invested into the relationship. That isn't dwelling in God. That's, that's checklist. That's just accomplishing uh, my time with the Lord. That way I can get later and be like, yeah, I spent time with God this morning. You know what we need is we need some, we look at this, I don't believe John, uh, I don't believe he was flippant, flippant with his relationship with Jesus. You go and you read the gospel, man, John was there by Christ all the time and he was soaking it in. He was the one, right, that was uh, uh, probably closest to Christ out of all the disciples. Do you realize that all the disciples, all the apostles, 
They all had the same access to Jesus that John did. But why did, why did John, uh, you know, why did he, why is he the one writing about the love of God? Why is he the one used to write about the book of Revelation, the judgment of God? But even the book of Revelation is written through the lens of love. I mean, why is God judging and, and doing all these things? Because he loves Israel, wants to bring them back. Well, why is John so qualified? I believe the key is the fact that John, he dwelled in Christ. He, he was abiding in that relationship. Listen, you and I, we are never gonna have a consuming love for God if we're not first having a closeness with God. Because if I'm gonna dwell in love, I must first be dwelling in God. If I'm going to be growing and continuing in love, I must be growing and continuing in, in God. <clears throat> You look at this and when we spend time with God, man, we're going to be more consumed with that love for God. I see this evening that a, a consuming love, it develops as we first, as we focus upon the character of God. Secondly, as we focus upon that closeness with God. But then third, I believe that our consuming love develops as we focus on our confidence before God. Go with me, if you would, to verse 17 and 18. <clears throat> verse 17, we read this. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Now, the word perfect, it means to be, to be complete or to be completed. And so as John is going through this, he's saying, uh, go to the end of verse number 18, uh, because fear hath torment, he that feareth is not, is not being made complete in love. In, a, in growing our relationship with the Lord, our love is made complete. And when our love is being perfected or made complete, it increases or it grows our confidence or our trust and our rest in him. What John's getting at here is saying, if you are dwelling in the love of God, you're not going to be looking at the day of judgment or the day of meeting with the Lord in fear. Now, <clears throat> keep in mind that John is not saying that a person is looking to that day with fear of uh, going to hell, being cast into hell. No, he's talking about the love of God being completed or make it made perfect in us. And so what John is helping us understand is, hey, as you grow in your love for God, that love for God is going to help you focus upon a confidence in God. You're not gonna stand, you're not gonna be fearful about standing before God. Why? Because you're growing in your, love, in your love for him. And as you're growing in your love for him, then that in turn is gonna help you have more confidence in him. And you see, it's this, it's this uh, um, I don't know what the word would be. It's this idea that as you take one step that God helps you take the other step and you just kind of have this uh, momentum moving forward in your Christian faith. And so it's, I love God more 
and that helps me have confidence. And as I have, as I have confidence, I love him more. And as I love him more, that gives me more confidence. And that's kind of the idea here. And so as you and I begin to focus upon the confidence that we have in God, there, here's what he's saying. Hey, that focus upon that confidence, it's going to create a love. And as you do that, it's going to help your love become complete. It's going to be perfected. Man, I don't know about you, but I want that perfected love in me. I want to have a love that's being continually completed. Well, how is that going to happen? It's only going to happen as I focus upon or am resting in the confidence that I have before him. And this thought, if I am resting in him and trusting in him, then I will be developing more of a consuming love for him. You see, the idea is that as I, uh, man, this is, as I grow in, in loving God, ah, oh man, Dennis, come here. <clears throat> Go down there, okay? Um, <clears throat> as a believer, uh, let, let's put, put all the message together. As a believer grows in being close to God, I just take a step toward him. We know the Bible says, draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. So take a step. And God does that, okay? We, we're, we have this relationship that as I grow to him, he says, I will, I will draw closer to you. But in this idea of, of confidence and the idea of closeness and that idea uh, that we looked at first, the thought tonight is this, that as I'm taking these steps towards God, getting more confident in him and growing closer to him, that it's almost like God in love, he runs to me. Run to me. Good job. And God, God comes to me and God, God almost has this idea of now I am gonna help you go further in this. So as you walk closer to me and become closer to me, I am going to draw you closer to me. As you become more confident with me, I am going to give you more confidence in me. And that's what it means to have a consuming love before God is that not only am I confident, I know I'm, I, I know I'm uh, gonna be standing before him and not have anything to fear. Well, how can I not have anything to fear? Because I'm close to him. It's like that verse in scripture, um, Talking about drawing close to the Lord, uh, you and I need to understand that as we draw close to the Lord, God begins to direct our decisions and direct our steps. And if God's directing my decisions and directing my steps, then I don't need to fear standing before him. Why? Because I was following him, because I was following his spirit, because I was following his leadership. And so because I was close with God, God gives me more confidence in him. And as both of those things are uh, bolstered in my life, as both of those things grow in my life, God begins to instill in me a consuming love. Thank you. God begins to instill in me a consuming love, and then I take on the character of God, which what is the character? Love. And so then love can be portrayed in my life, and I can show love to others uh, like we're going to look at in a few weeks, and I can, like we looked at last week, I can uh, become identified with Christ because I'm growing in him, 
I'm loving him more. I'm becoming more confident in him. And he is impart, he's imparting or instilling in me a greater confidence and a greater love and putting his character in there. And you see, it's kind of reciprocal that as we get closer to him, God just uses that and he uses that momentum to take us further for him. And I, I hope that makes sense tonight. And I believe that each one of us, if you were to look at our Christianity, and we talked a little bit about it this morning, but if you were to look at our, our Christianity now, I think every one of us are guilty of kind of just uh, coasting through the Christian life. And too many Christians are living that lethargic and coasting Christianity. We're just kind of, just kind of going through the motions. And we just, you know, we, we read the Bible and we pray and we, we witness to people and we just kind of go through the motions without developing a love for God. Well, how can I develop that love? Focus on his character. If you wanna love God more from the heart, begin to recognize and look at, do a study in how much God loves you and how much God cares for you. Develop or we develop that consuming love by focusing on his character. How else? We develop that consuming love by focusing on a closeness with him. And be intentional in your relationship with God. Don't be one that's just checklist in it. Be one that spends time getting to know the Savior. Well, how else do we develop it? Be one that's focusing in and growing in your confidence before God. You see, it's only when we do these things and as we uh, grow in our relationship, it's only then that we can be consumed. You see, the fact of the matter is there's a lot of Christians living that pharisaical Christianity that you read about in Mark chapter seven. Jesus, he answered and said unto them, well hath Isaiah, or Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Man, you know what he was saying? Man, you guys, you guys have it. You have the words. You have the actions. But you don't have a consuming love. Your heart is distant from me. Man, I, I don't want that in my life. I don't want to be that. I instead, I wanna develop a consuming love. And so how do I do that? Well, I'll just say it this way tonight. I can develop a consuming love by focusing upon him, his character, my relationship with him, my confidence before him. And as you and I do this, I believe based upon the principles of the word of God, God uses it to instill in us a heart that's consumed. And so I hope tonight that you'd make the decision that this week, God, help me. Help me to have a consuming love for you. Help me to focus upon you this week. Remind me of your character and who you are. God, grow my relationship. Help me to see my confidence, the trust that I can have in you. And I believe that as we do this, that God would use us to be like a John and develop that consuming love for him. I'd like every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. And We'll have a time where we can respond back to the Lord and uh, maybe God would speak to you tonight and maybe you have not been focusing upon the character of God. You kind of just been looking at God maybe as just someone to answer your prayers and someone to be on your side, but not really stepping back to look at his character and who he is and the love that he has. And maybe tonight you just need to come back to the place and say, God, help me to focus on your character. Maybe you've gotten away from that close relationship. And tonight, you want to say, God, help me to be intentional again. 
Help me not to just go through the motions. Maybe tonight you want to come back to the place of remembering that confidence before him. However God's spoken, let's respond to him. Father, I pray for the invitation tonight that you'd help us to respond to you as you've spoken to us. Thank you for your word. Bless our time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.